This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. Uh, Nick Cattles is not here. I'm going solo on this one. This is the solo album of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast. Um, But I do have a wingman, and it is none other than a BSJ NFL draft analyst, Kevin Field. Kevin, welcome. It's a popular time of year this year for you. We get to draft a little bit late. You've been doing a year round at BSJ and been doing a great job. Uh, by the way, um, he's been, Kevin's been writing up, uh, you know, throughout the season. I know a lot of fans are sort of like myself. They sort of catch up on the draft in the last month, but the, for those draft Knicks out there, uh, every week, Kevin's been out there telling you who to watch, uh, his interpretation of, uh, you know, what those guys are doing, how they might fit with the Patriots or in the draft in general. And so I wanted, you know, now we're in the stretch drive here, 18 days. Now it's Sunday. Uh, Master Sunday, Kevin and I are potting because uh, he's an international man of mystery, and I think he's uh, getting on a plane pretty soon for a few days. Uh, but, you know, I sort of want to, in the run-up to the draft, we'll have Kevin once a week to offset our other podcast, probably draft week. We might go a couple times going in, uh, you know, get Kevin on the horn after the draft, after the rounds. Um, and maybe after the individual picks, just to sort of get stuff up uh, for the podcast and video. But Kevin, uh, welcome. And uh, this is long overdue. Uh, Again, you've been doing great work at BSJ. I greatly appreciate it. I know our readers do, our members. And uh, hey, why don't you just real quick sort of tell us about yourself, um, you know, how you got into uh, the draft world. Kevin went to, he was at the Senior Bowl um, this year. Uh, I think he's. I think his analysis has been really good for a guy who's somewhat new to it, at least in print, and uh, and sort of ho- how you go about your job. How do you watch all these freaking guys? Yeah, th- thanks, Greg. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. Super excited to be on the uh, podcast today and speaking to all the B- BSJ members uh, and Patriots fans. If you're a Patriots fan and you're not a BSJ member. Uh, as someone that has subscribed for a long time, I, I definitely suggest heading over there. Lots of lots of great content on the uh, on the site. But by way of introduction, uh, my name is Kevin Field. I'm a born and bred uh, local guy. I grew up. Uh, I can't tell from your accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if I had a few pops, it would be even even stronger, right? Um, but I, I grew up a couple towns over from Foxborough. I've lived in South Boston for 15 years, as as Greg kind of alludes to. I have a much different background uh, than than probably some of the other uh, local local media uh, writers. I I would probably frame that in 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 the sense of. Uh, there's three things I spend most of my time on. The first is, uh, just as all of us, you know, a lot, uh, family commitments. I think I'm wonderfully blessed on that side of the house. And they provide me a lot of opportunity uh, and flexibility. I, I, I do a lot of uh, work, uh, a lot of football that I watch, as you kind of reference, uh, Greg, and, and, and then writing for, uh, for BSJ. Uh, the second thing that I spend a lot of time on and I'm super passionate about is I work for a, a run a large uh, business unit for a large healthcare company in Boston. Uh, I'm really passionate about that mission uh, and, and making an impact on patients' lives. And I actually get to see that uh, day in and day out kind of impact. My wife is an oncology nurse over at uh, the Brigham and Dana-Farber. 
Uh, and then the third thing, which is why we're, we're here talking today, is uh, I'm a rabid uh, Boston sports fan. I, when it comes to uh, football, uh, Patriots specifically, I am a pig in poo. Football, uh, Patriots specifically, I am a pig in poo. I absolutely love it. I've always loved it. Uh, and one of the things that my friends and coaches have always told me is, is Kev, not only do you understand the game really well, but you look at the game a little bit differently. You focus on the personnel uh, versus the play. And that's what's kind of led to, uh, you know, our, our interaction, Greg, is, is the opportunity that we've taken a little bit different approach than maybe some of the other outlets in the, in the local media, which is focusing on the draft week in and week out throughout the year. And so if you're a, uh, uh, you're just a regular guy or girl watching uh, watching football on a Saturday on the couch, maybe not a college football fan, or you, there's a game on Saturday night while you're out with friends, who should you be focusing on? Who are those top 50, 75 guys that are going to be in the draft the next year? And who are those guys that are going to be good fits for the Patriots? And so we write about that, uh, you know, focus on most of the major college programs and big games. And then after the season ends, uh, we focus on uh, specifically the Patriots, the, the breaking down different position groups, uh, different areas of focus uh, for the team, how they drafted historically and who would be good fits around that focus. And so, uh, you know, I, as, as we talked early, Greg, I, I said, uh, I'm not going to ask for a job. I'm going to earn an opportunity here. And I think we've had a good run uh, leading into the 22 draft. That's for sure. So you, did, uh, did you play? I did. I played in high school. I'm 5'9". I'm uh, there you 175, go. 175. So my my football career was never going to go too far, but I I, I played in the the Hockamock League and uh, you know played played through high school, loved the game, uh, and and that led me to uh, always following the game right from the early Parcells days uh, till today. I think you and uh, you and Connor Ryan will have to you know first of all you're part of the all BSJ accent team and you're going to need to start some uh, you know Southie BSJ um, the neighborhood watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, let's di- let's dive into sort of a discussion. And by the way, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Uh, so Kevin has a new mock draft. We're taping this on Sunday. On Monday, we will be posting his latest mock draft. I think he had his last one about a month ago. Um, it was right after the combine, I think. Um, and... Uh, definitely some, this is his third version, uh, some definite surprises. I know, was it both previous drafts you had Devin Lloyd, the Utah linebacker, going to the Patriots? Is that correct? correct? Yeah. Both, yeah. Both, uh, both first two mocks, uh, Lloyd okay. was available at 21. Okay, this time you have Devin Lloyd going 11th to the Washington Commanders. Um, just real quick on that, uh, Something you're hearing, something, you know, sort of uh, maybe pro day related. Why do you think suddenly Devin Lloyd is going from like 21 to say bordering on the top 10? Yeah, not not something I'm hearing. I just think he's a he's a three down player. Uh, that the fact he ran a four six six in the in the combine was almost good for the Patriots. He plays fast uh, on film. You know he can get after the quarterback. He had he had I think it, it was eight sacks last year. Uh, he was a former safety. Uh, you know he can play the play the pass. Uh, has three career interceptions for touchdowns. He has 110 uh, tackles this year. He's 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 a great football player. Uh, and in the middle of that defense, uh, the the Commanders' defense needs needs a linebacker. And so, uh, given that they I originally had them going with uh, a quarterback, 
given that they, they made the move for Carson Wentz, I think that they'll focus on defense. Uh, and at that point he's the, uh, based off what they need, he's, he's, he's the best, uh, defensive player available. Who is the, um, I I've lost track of some of the other teams, especially a team as irrelevant as Washington. Who is the, uh, it's Jack Del Rio is the defense coordinator there, uh, still. So yeah, I could see him. I could see him definitely fitting in that scheme. Now for the Patriots, uh, this was a, uh, a little bit of a shocker. You have the Patriots at 21 trading down. Not a big surprise. I think the Patriots ultimately do that uh, just because I don't, when you get into 21, when you get past about 16, 17, 18, you're talking about fringe first round prospects. And, you know, maybe you want the fifth year, maybe you don't. That can be a factor, but why not trade down in the round? And that's what you have. Tell us about, uh, the scenario that you have for the Patriots and, you know, why you think that might be an option. Yeah, I think that, uh, so, so just for the members, so that they're aware. So I had the Patriots trading back to, uh, 30 with, uh, Kansas city making the trade there. I think the chiefs are a, a classic trade up candidate. Uh, they have two picks in the first round. Uh, they'll be looking to get a rusher, They'll, they'll be needing some secondary help. And Jamison Williams, that's that's the point in the draft where he'll start to uh, be targeted uh, if he's available. And so at that point, the Chiefs could say, he's fallen enough, let's go up to get him, uh, given the cost. He's going to be the heir apparent to Tyreek Hill once he gets healthy. Uh, and I think that they, they'll be able to give him some time to get healthy. And so in this scenario, the Patriots would look at it and say, hey, listen, we can get some capital, uh, trade back into a deep draft. They would grab the uh, 30th pick, the 62nd pick, which is the Chiefs' second rounder, uh, that I think the Chiefs would be willing uh, to forfeit, given they also have the 29th pick, and then landing uh, late in the round or late in the draft, day three pick. I gave them a seventh rounder. Patriots might actually value a sixth rounder or something like that next year. But in that scenario, Patriots fall back to 30, and I had them taking uh, Daxton Hill, who is the really defensive back. Uh, he plays, you know, slot corner uh, as well as safety. Uh, he comes from Michigan. He, you know, when you see him uh, on film or you're watching a game, uh, he's as close to Devin McCourty as I've seen sometime. He's got the speed. He's got a great three cone. He's an athletic uh, player. No one's going to question his athleticism. He led Michigan in uh, pass breakups last year, led them in interceptions, really versatile player. So he's not an outside corner, but he's a guy that you could stick on the inside and contribute is scheme versatile, um, could stay on the field uh, and, and really help that defense in the back end of that defense. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Cause um, you know, after you, you wrote him up pretty good, I think about a week ago and I remember I went and watched some film on him and, you know, I think you're exactly right. I think his versatility, his athletic ability, plus he's from Michigan and the Patriots are on a Michigan heater right now, uh, you know, with some of their intel out of there. Uh, he certainly fits, you know, what's interesting and I've written about it a lot, talked about it some on the pod is that I think at least traditionally, Maybe not when Belichick sort of goes into a slumber when it comes to the draft. But traditionally, you know, you look at their depth chart and you see where guys are coming up on a contract year. You know, you're like, all right, well, they're going to they're going to sort of uh, cover their bases, you know, create leverage with somebody. And they haven't done it in recent years, which has been perplexing and I think has led to some um, unfortunate decisions as far as their assets, whether it's 
Joe Tooney, J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore. I mean, you know, the list sort of goes on and on recently. But if they get back on their horse, which I think they need to. I mean, when they were going at their best, they were doing this. You know, Jonathan Jones is in a contract here. We don't know what they have at, you know, out of Malcolm Butler or, um, you know, Jalen Mills or Sean Wade or, you know, is McCourty gone after this year? I mean, you know, he's on a one-year deal again. Who knows? He's gone. They don't really have a free safety. We don't know about Joshua Bledsoe. Kyle Duggar's not a free safety. Adrian Phillips is not a free safety. Um, Jabril Peppers, I don't really think. Do you think he's a free safety? He's more of a box linebacker than anything. I think he's a strong safety, versatile player that could play in the box, and yeah. they'll use they'll use him, bring him, you know, coming forward. So, so yeah, so Dax, a, a pick like Dax Hill would give them coverage in a lot of areas and just say, all right, well, if Jonathan Jones doesn't want to take our contract extension offer, he can go to market and we have a guy that we can plug and play. I mean, Miles Bryant can play in the slot. You know, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think he's, I think he's a really good player. Of course he was burned sometimes last year. I think slot cornerback is like the hardest position outside of quarterback in the league because it's a two way go. And if you don't get a lot of pressure, Forget it. Those guys have no chance against a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. You know, I think Miles Bryant's a good player. I think he can be, he can replace Jonathan Jones. I mean, he was an undrafted guy. He's going to be going into his third year. He quickly, as a rookie, as an undrafted guy, was almost unheard of, that he's playing different positions, free safety, different safety spots, cornerback. Like, that's unheard of with the Patriots. So I'm a big Miles Bryant guy, and I think he could do the slot, but Dax Hill can do a lot of different things. Um, so that's interesting on your, your mock draft, and we'll sort of uh, get into um, the nuts and bolts of it later. Um, speaking of you have them trading down, in my column today on BSJ, I explored the possibility of them trading up because, you know, mostly you have to touch it, <laughs> Kevin, because that's what most fans are dreaming about this year. They're dreaming about the big move. The Patriots, you know, they traded for Devontae Parker, somewhat of a big move not a huge move uh but you know they they want every nfl fan goes into the draft even though most of the evidence is to the contrary that their team is going to pick the guy that makes a difference trade up make a big swing it's going to make a huge difference in their team even though it doesn't happen so i explored the possibility of that with the patriots now the patriots can only jump they they don't have a ton of uh, you know, weapons as far as what they have as draft picks and things like that. Um, you know, they're at 21. They have, um, you know, second and third round picks, and then they have four, two fifths, two sixths. Um, of course, you have future years, but, you know, that doesn't really, um, you know, go very far. So, you know, I sort of looked at it and I said, if they do move up, what's sort of their arsenal? And really, if you package their, if you, according to the, the trade value chart, if you package their first and second round pick, that gets you to around pick 12. If you say we're going up for a specific guy, first and second round. Their first and third round pick gets them to about 16, anywhere in that realm. And so they can move anywhere from 12, maybe 11, if they kick in a little bit more, all the way down to 20 Pittsburgh, the spot in front of them. So... That's sort of the background. Then you look at the teams that are in that area, 
And to me, there's four teams that stand out. And, and actually, these four teams have six of the eight picks from 12 to 21 or 13 to 21. Uh, that's the Texans, Nick Casario, old buddy here. The Ravens, never been afraid to do a deal with the Patriots. They're very sure in their draft sort of philosophy. They don't really worry about what other people are doing. They'll trade with the Patriots. They've done it before. Um, they were okay with like losing Matthew Judon to the Patriots. Uh, the Eagles, probably the most popular Patriots trade partner um, ever. You know, Howie Roseman, and it used to be Andy Reid and, and – you know, Joe Banner. Now it's Howie Roseman loves to do deals with Belichick. They talk all the time, a lot of joint practices, things like that. And then you have the Saints. Sean Payton's no longer there, but Mickey Loomis, the GM, is still there. Uh, they still have a good relationship with the Patriots. So the Texans have 13, the Ravens have 14, the Eagles have 15 and 18, the Saints have 16 and 19. So really, we're talking about you know, 13 to 19, somewhere in that range that the Patriots see somebody that they want, that they have to have. Uh, to me, Kevin, tell me if you disagree with this. You know, looking at the Patriots roster, um, you know, pretty much they can line up tomorrow and be competitive. I mean, they have all their spots filled. You know, some, some fans might not like what they have. And of course, everybody thinks they need, you know, a wide receiver, which they might need. But really, the Patriots have you know, at least decent starting guys at every position on offense and defense. This is normally the way they go, so they cover their tracks in terms of where they're going in the draft. But to me, there's three sort of glaring needs on the Patriots that I think if they were going to go up and target a guy, normally it's for a guy that, especially in the first round, it's a guy that addresses a huge need and can hit pretty quickly. You know, we saw Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones the the last real trade up in the first round might have been the only one you would probably know better than me. But Belichick had gone from not not trading up at all to doing it twice in the same draft in the first round. And I think the Patriots and also Patriots coming off 2011, they had gone to the Super Bowl, almost won the Super Bowl, but they were hot garbage on defense. They had no talent and they jump up and they get two good guys who would impact quickly. You could sort of say the same thing about the Patriots right now, that they have uh, defensively some on offense. Um, Needs. See if you agree with this. The three glaring needs that I have for if the Patriots jump up in the first round, it's offensive tackle because Isaiah wins in a contract year. He's not even that good to begin with. He's average at best. I don't. Who's the starting left tackle in 2023? Is he on this roster? Could Trent Brown go over there and play? Yeah, maybe in theory, but they on his return, they haven't shown any inclination to do that. I have a man coverage corner. Maybe they're just going to play zone and just say, hey, you can't play you can't play a defense anymore. The quarterbacks are too good. Jared Allen's too good, or Josh Allen. We're just going to play zone and hope to keep guys in front of us. They could be going to that. I don't know. Maybe they don't have man coverage corner. I, I have it on my list still because I think at some point in time, you need to be able to man up. And then I have an interior run stuffer, a guy that you know, put him in there. He's going to take up blockers. They're going to be like, holy hell, we can't run through that hole. And I think that makes the Patriots immensely better. Um, what do you think about those three needs? Do you agree? Are there any other things that you would add to that? And to, as far as immediate, th they would trade up to solve this issue. 
I, I think the three positions you call out are the three biggest uh, glaring needs, right? hundred percent, a couple guys, cornerback, if they start to slip, uh, would make sense for them to reasonably think about going up to get uh, Davis or, or somebody that can help stop the run for sure. Uh, and then tackle is a, a obvious position of need. And there is a, a little bit of a tier there that they would miss if they don't go up and potentially get a tackle. So that's definitely yeah. a plate. Isn't there going to be a run, isn't there going to be a run on tackles at some point in the first round? Yeah, there, there's about six guys in that first 40, 40 picks that I expect will go, and 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 we're looking at the first fifteen picks probably having four tackles, right? Wow. And so if if you don't um, now, if does Cross fall? Depends how 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 teams kind of evaluate him. He's a wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, athletic uh, guy. He's got the left tackle prototypical size and he's a great pass blocker. He, he needs uh, work on the run game, right? He's coming from an offense that uh, is, is very much passing offense. Doesn't his run blocking reps are, are not as strong. Penning's a, you know, a little bit of the opposite. I think Penning uh, is a guy that uh, you know, you could slide in potentially uh, at guard early on. He's, he, he plays like a mean, 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 I, I compare him in the, uh, in the mock draft to playing style of a Richie incognito. Um, and he was the best tackle I saw. Uh, I, I expected Bernard uh, Raymond from central Michigan to be, be better going into this uh, senior bowl. And I came out feeling that penning uh, was, was the best tackle. And he's really had a great uh, kind of pre-draft process, but he's making a jump. Uh, his, his pass blocking reps, I think could be an issue of speed. So, you know, you're, you're going up to get, get some guys that aren't perfect, but you know, you, you certainly have a need and the rest of the league has a need at offensive mm-hmm. tackle, just like the rest of the uh, league has a need at, uh, at defensive back. One other guy I would add to that list that if they see them falling, they could potentially, uh, look at to come up is, uh, is Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida state. I think that, uh, an edge rusher is something that they, uh, should invest in just like the rest of the NFL. You always need those guys, defensive backs, offensive linemen, edge, edge rushers are, are places that you can't ever be too deep. And uh, he's a three down player uh, has the size to, uh, to play the run. I uh, can certainly get after the quarterback uh, and can, can hold the edge. So he's a guy to expect to go around. I don't, I don't see him getting past the Vikings at 12, mm-hmm. but if he did start to fall, uh, that is somebody that uh, that they could think about going up and get. One yeah, last thing. I'll just say just one interjection on that. Like, I understand, like, uh, you can never draft enough pass rushers. But the Patriots' recent history, uh, you know, they've thrown, um, you know, a lot of resources at the edge. You know, Chase Winovich, Josh Uche still hasn't gotten a chance. Ronnie Perkins redshirted last year. You know, to me, I'm – you know, if the Patriots do that, that means none of those guys can play. And, that you know, there's a big problem, and I don't really believe that. I think that Uche and Perkins can both play. Of course, you also have Anthony Jennings, who we're not even sure what position he really plays, whether he's a edge guy or a stand-up guy. He did a little bit of everything at Alabama and looked like he was going to do that when he actually did play or hit the practice field which was rare uh his first two years um but yeah i just wanted to interject that yeah and 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 i think that's a great point i i think that the patriots will probably look at it as you know we got 14 or 15 guys uh that, that we we would think about drafting at 21 and then and then there's so if i did the percentages i would say i think there's a 10 percent chance they they go up right and i think that only happens if there's someone that they really love 
that fits those positions uh, that's only going to cost them, you know, a few picks, you know, even going up to 12 starts to become a lot. Right. So if it's three, yeah. four five picks, I think it's something that they're uh, they, they would think the cost is reasonable. You're never a player away, no matter how close we like to think we are. They'll, they'll, they'll think the same. Uh, and so I think there's a 40% chance they stay at 21. Um, you know, they can get a good player there. And we'll talk about some of the guys that will be there probably in a, a minute or two. Uh, and then I think there's a 50% chance, just as we talked about in the mock, that they're, they're going to say, uh, there's someone else. We have th- three, four guys, two, three guys that, that we feel comfortable with being there. If we trade back, we can get some more capital, which will allow us to work the board the rest of the weekend. Uh, and, and they'll look to, uh, to trade back. But if they were trading up, the one guy I would want them to, to really trade up for, I'd be comfortable with kind of any of those guys. Uh, you know, if Stingley starts to fall, he immediately makes your defense better next year. Jordan mm-hmm. Davis, you know how he tested. What about the injuries? What about the injuries? I, I heard this uh, off one of the member comments asked about Stingley and his injury history. What do you think about that? Yeah, so the foot injury, the medical in his interview are going to be the most important part of his evaluation. And, of course, that's a place where we won't have insight, but you got to trust trust, trust them on that. Um, you know, he's got a foot injury he's coming off of, and that's one that can linger. Um, and, and so if they're comfortable with it, then, uh, I think, you know, uh, you got to assume, uh, they'll, he'll be fine going forward. He is a top of the draft type talent. All right. His last two years, he's only played 10 games. Uh, and he didn't play at the level that I would have liked to have seen him played, but to be clear, his freshman year, when the LSU won the national title, he was the best player on that defense. Hmm. If you were to talk to, uh, you know, Chase or Jefferson, those two wide receivers that are, you know, already making a huge impact on the NFL, they would tell you the, the battles that they had in practice. He was the best player that they went against. And so it's a great uh, corollary between the ability to make an impact as a freshman in college and their ability to make an impact as a rookie in the NFL and Stingley and would immediately make your uh, defense better. I don't think there's a chance he's there at 21. I know that you see some mock drafts that he's fallen. If he is, there might be something that they're aware of or other teams are aware of that we're not. Um, but I, even though he's played 10, you know, 10 games over the last two years at that point, it is worth the risk. He immediately would make your defense better next year. Wow. Um, did you have something on Davis to add before we, yeah, I, I, I like Davis. I, you know, I've been uh, talk, writing about him kind of all year uh, that mm-hmm. he's, uh, I think the, uh, uh, the example, John Henderson example is kind yeah. of spot on. Hell yeah. It look, looks the part. Uh, and I think like Daryl Gardner too, for, you know, I grew up a Dolphins fan, you know, you get, you know, the, the Patriots could almost have their uh, Daryl Gardner and Tim Bowens with, uh, with Barmore and, uh, and Jordan Davis. I mean, i I love Jordan Davis. He's a mountain of a man. He can't be moved. He pushes the pocket, would make people feel uncomfortable there. I mean, just imagine Tua trying to throw the ball over him. Like, I don't know. I just get it. I get irrationally excited when I think, of course, I, I have an affinity for big guys, sort of a former big guy myself. But and I just get excited thinking about him in the middle of that line. And, and, and they could really, you know, they need somebody that can help them stop the run. There's just no question about that. And I, Gotchow I think, gets blocked too easily. He cannot hold up the double teams. I don't know what happened to him. He used to be able to in Miami. He couldn't do it last year. They need a guy who you just stick in there and two guys just bounce off him and they can't move him. And it just makes the Patriots immensely better on defense. 
hundred percent. Now, now one thing on, on Davis and then, and then to the point that he made, the key point for Davis is that he plays at 340, which is where he tested at the combine and yeah. he showed up. One of the things that Devonte Wyatt, who's another D tackle from Georgia said, I talked to him at the senior bowl and he said, um, you know, after the, after that Alabama sec game, they were floored. They felt like that they were out of shape. Um, and uh, Alabama was in a lot better shape and Kirby smart, you know, essentially got on them after in between the national title game or the playoffs and the, the sec championship. And Jordan Davis played at least at 360 last year. Right. And so they have a deep rotation down there where he only played 20 snaps a game, but if he's going to be a, make the impact that you really want him to make, if you're picking him uh, in the first round, he's got to play at that 340 number because he's plenty big. He's plenty strong at that number. What he did at the combine, he's a freak athletically. That's rare. And that's why he's worth it, but he's mm-hmm. got to keep his weight in check. Now, the, the other guy I like is a nose tackle. And I've, I've written about this quite a bit is Travis Jones from Utah, UConn. Yeah. One, you know, a lot of these guys that are nose tackles, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, you, you know, they're bigger guys. They're not necessarily the, the, in the best shape in the world. Um, but they're bigger guys. They're strong. Travis Jones is, he's the guy that, you know, if you're in a dark alley, you want him on your side. And, and all I could think about when I met him, big shoulders, big hands, you know, just a big, big, big dude, uh, with a broad chest. And I just remember, you know, I, my first thought when I met him is, boy, that's the guy when they break the huddle and the other team comes to the line of scrimmage, you want him standing over the football. Really, really, really big kid. Um, that was very impressive down the senior bowl. I don't know if he'll be there at 54, like the mock has it, uh, based off of what, what, what the mock draft I did. Uh, that would be a wonderful pick at 54 if, if he was still, still available. Yeah. Um, interesting. And we will, cause I can probably tell there's a lot of listeners and be like, what about a receiver? What about a receiver? We'll touch on that in a second, but first I got to tell you about BetOnline.ag. It's that time of year right now, sports fans where, well, we're wrapping up the masters, but baseball's going, the NBA playoffs are coming. The NHL playoffs are coming. And I was just checking out the website myself and you can actually bet on the NFL draft on there, you know, first round props, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you get over there. Looking to wager this year, Bet Online is your number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests, uh, including they have an NFL draft contest and things like that. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your popular sports and games, bet online where the game starts. So we have been talking for about uh, 20 minutes, uh, probably more than that, a half an hour, about what the Patriots might do, sort of their options in the first round, and we have not talked about receiver. Uh, I noticed that in your mock draft you have guys – on the clock at Patriots picking at 21 when they trade down. You have the Chiefs taking Jamison Williams from Alabama. You have Chris Olave from Ohio State going the pick after. Then the pick after that, you have Johan Dotson from Penn State who can play slot. Uh, I think when people see this, they're probably going to go jump off the Tobin um, ahead of time. Uh, look, I can I, I know – and people know from listening to me, 
I'm not reaching for a wide receiver. I think the Patriots are, you know, would I like to see them get better? I just think you can do it later. Get somebody with some upside, some speed, a speed element, uh, you know, maybe a slot guy later on in the draft. All these drafts are deep in receivers. Just Belichick has to, you know, decide to pick one once in a while, you know, not like Nikhil Harry, but uh, sort of, you know, what's your thinking about not taking a receiver, trading up for a receiver, or even taking one at 21 and letting the Chiefs get uh, Jamison Williams, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers getting Chris Olave and Kyler Murray getting Johan Dotson. Yeah, and and so I I appreciate that that uh, might be relatively inflammatory for uh, for for fellow Pats fans and and you know Field, I feel you're I, a hater. What the hell are you doing? And and you know I, I want them to have that talent on the outside too, right? But I, I just don't think it's in the necessarily the DNA for them to do that given where they're at right now. I think the one guy I would consider at twenty one. Uh, or they'll consider a 21 is uh, is Garrett Wilson. If he was to fall, I don't expect him to, to be there. I think he's, he's the best wide receiver in the draft. Um, and, 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 and maybe Drake London from USC, but uh, he's a more of a bigger guy. And, and, you know, we've all seen that, uh, that, that, that look, that script recently. So I think that um, I don't expect him to go uh, wide receiver. I think that they'll, the guys that we talked about, if they fall, which has happened, right? They, they, they didn't expect uh, when they were 21, they didn't expect Wilfork to be there. Right. And they, they right. picked him and made a difference. So I think that there's a chance somebody falls that maybe we're not expecting. I think I don't love picking linebackers in the first round, but I think there's two, maybe three to make the impact. That's why I referenced Lloyd and I've, I've talked about Dean in the past from Georgia. Um, but I think they'll, they'll likely look at D back and, and uh, if they take a cornerback, or they take Hill at 21. I think it's because they have some conviction on them and, and they could, you know, they could have two or three guys there and say, we're going to move back eight or nine picks and gamble that one will be there. If they stay and they select the D back at 21, I think Patriots fans should have some feel good about that. That signals that they have conviction on the player. They like them uh, and they'll be able to make an impact next year. Well, let's talk about the linebackers a little bit and sort of, you know, just to pick if they stay put at 21, um, you know, who, you know, when I look at their depth chart, you know, you hear, you know, a lot of fans and I even heard somebody, I was listening to Gasper and Murray's podcast and somebody called in and be like, who the hell they, they have nobody at linebacker, you know, they need a linebacker. And I'm like, I don't know. I look at it. Look, I don't love some of these guys either, especially Juwan Bentley. Um, But they obviously love them. And just look at Dietrich wise, like, when Belichick loves a guy, it doesn't matter what me or you think about him or even, you know, what his play really shows on film. He's going to be here and he's going to get he's going to get reps like Dietrich Wise is going to get a lot of reps no matter what. Even if he's playing three, four end and getting slammed in the run game, he's still going to be out there. You know, I think as of right now, without even Dante Hightower <clears throat> perhaps coming back at some point, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I, I I tend to doubt that high I think high towers in along with the same mode as Gilmore where it's like all right I made my bank I have rings I ain't getting off the couch unless you're giving me like a real contract like I'm not doing these per game roster bonuses whatever so we'll see what happens with high tower but to me the Mac Wilson trade 
gave them one of their starting linebacker spots. And I'm talking about two inside guys and sort of the base. They might, they'll likely go to one linebacker a lot of times and having Jabril Peppers or Kyle Duggar or Phillips, you know, one of their safeties in that role as well. But I think you have, you have Juwan Bentley and Mac Wilson as the top two linebackers. You have Raekwon McMillan, who was on his, I've always liked him as a player, especially a very good inside blitzer. I remember watching a lot of his film. I liked it when he was with the Dolphins. Um, they had big plans for him last year till he got hurt. So I think he's going to get the opportunity to do that again. I, I think Cam McGrone, a guy from Michigan uh, and hurt, two of Belichick's favorite things, was drafted in the fifth round, would have went a lot earlier. And to me, watching his film, you could see, Hell, this kid, this kid can be a player. He can be a player very quickly. Um, you know, he's got some athletic ability and things like that. Matt Patricia loves Jelani Tavai, who he had in Detroit and brought here, and he got some reps last year. Harvey Lange's always been sort of a uh, a favorite around here, even when he went to the Jets. I thought his Jets film against the Patriots was excellent. And then Therese Hall is a guy who was stuck around. To me unless there's some sort of absurd guy who the Patriots fall in love with, I think they're pretty stacked at linebackers in their mind. And they sort of let it play out during camp, especially with McGrone. I think McGrone will give be given an opportunity to compete with Mac Wilson and maybe McMillan. And I, I think they put those top four guys, Bentley, Wilson, McMillan, and McGrone in a blender, and then they see what happens. What do you think about the Patriots, the linebacker position, and – the people that are, uh, you know, asking for Dean or, you know, whoever else at linebacker. Yeah. I, I think we disagree there a little bit. I think that okay. uh, th- those, those guys are fine NFL players, right. Or hopefully. What do you fine. think of McGrone? what do you think of McGrone coming out? He's a good, he's a good athlete. You know, he ran fast. He's, he's going to be, you know, the people that are asking for a little bit more speed. He's, he's like six, one, two He was good, showed good instincts at, at Michigan, but he missed, you know, later part of his, uh, you know, his last season there. And then they, they drafted him obviously with the intention of uh, him playing this year and being a, a guy that they could, they could potentially slide in, but I don't think he's necessarily a difference maker. And I, I think about some of their best defenses, even you can go back to, to Bill's days with the giants, but just focusing on the run with the Patriots, they went from Brewski to Gerard Mayo to Dante Hightower to then drafting Jamie Collins. So they clearly value somebody in the middle of that defense that can be a difference maker and rally, uh, really be a leader of the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think they have that with any of the people that you you ticked off. They don't necessarily have someone that is uh, going to be a playmaker. They don't necessarily have someone that you're going to you know look at and be like, that's the leader of the defense. Um, and with Hightower, you know, his future is a little bit unclear. The, the next evolution of that Patriots linebacker, I think is potential opportunity to, to secure that in this draft. Who, who, who do you think fits the bill if they were going to pick a linebacker, whether it's at 21 or they trade down or what have you, who, who among the linebackers do you think would be that kind of guy that you're talking about? I think there's a top tier. There's one a and one B, which is Devin Lloyd from Utah's my one a one B is, is Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Uh, and, and depending whichever one they went with, you know, I, I think fans should be comfortable with both of those guys, I think could make an impact next year. Then it starts to be, you know, you get into guys like Quay Walker, uh, who I, I, I said is a, you know, I think it would be a great target for them potentially in the mm-hmm. second round. Uh, his best football is probably in front of him. He's going to need some seasoning though. I, I, you know, as I would use the reference, big pause on the pup, 
with, with a guy like that. Um, but he's going to need to grow into it. Chad Muma, kid from Wyoming. He's, he's a better version, slightly better version, I think, than Logan Wilson, who was uh, drafted uh, by Cincinnati and had a good Super Bowl. Um, yeah. uh, he's a guy that could make an impact, more of a tackling guy. Uh, he's not necessarily, I think, at that level, so he's kind of at the tier below. I like the Damone Clark from LSU. Uh, as like a second, third round type guy that they could be a leader of the defense. He's now having surgery on his, uh, on his spine. So he's going to be out uh, next year. So that's maybe a day three guy that they could target, but it starts to become guys that are good to play into the role, uh, but aren't necessarily going to make an impact next year. And that's, that's kind of the tiers I talk about. And so, you know, th- there's uh, a top 40 guy. You'd have to get Lloyd or, uh, or Dean. Those, those where those guys will be selected for likely first round. Maybe maybe Dean might slip into the second. Okay, uh, let's go through at least some of your um, your mock draft here. Uh, of course, everybody can go to Boston Sports Journal. Our members can read uh, the whole thing, and if you're not a member, this is a perfect time to do that with um, the draft. And then I'll be now we'll actually be in person for everything. So you know, OTAs when we have access. I'll be able to have my eyes at practice and actually give you my interpretation on the, you know, the start that these guys get off to. And, you know, and by the way, despite any misinformation out there, uh, I learned a long time ago, I've been doing this 20 years. Um, Every year you, uh, you live and you learn as far as um, doing this job. And I learned a very long time ago. I don't give a crap who the Patriots pick. Certainly I will have my binkies that I would want them to pick. But as far as the draft goes, the Patriots pick who they pick, and then we judge them in three years. And I might say certain things and give you certain information, like Christian Barmore last year after the draft pick. But as soon as they get on the the field for the Patriots, it starts a new era. They are now judged by what they do with the Patriots. What's in the past is in the past. They get a clean slate here, and then they are judged by what they do on the practice field on film, on game day. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, people who still give me crap about Christian Barmore, but I think my evaluation and reporting on him was highly accurate throughout. And from the time he hit the practice field, I thought he was a tremendous player and was going to have a tremendous impact. I thought he had a great rookie year. Can't wait to see how he follows that up. Some guys take the next step and keep going. Some guys get the taste of being a pro and sort of, uh, you know, maybe don't work out as hard and, and, and sort of slip. It's not specific to Christian Barmore. I look at all draft picks that way. Um, and uh, so I just wanted to sort of say that as a backdrop. So, you know, coming over to BSJ, it's a good time because we, we never quit with the NFL and the draft. And I'll be at the practice. I'll be at the mini camps. Um, we'll take a little bit of a break. Well, the NFL world world, uh, world will. I won't, other than a, a week off there in the middle of July to do a long-awaited family vacation. Uh, but other than that, we'll be going full steam, and then it's in the training camp. So join up now. You're signed up um, up until the draft next year, and you will get your money's worth. So uh, I'll read off your picks. Uh, Kevin, you sort of give me um, a quick take, including, I think, a little bit of a shocker here. Uh, that the Jaguars do not pick Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. You have them taking Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama. 
Yeah, I still haven't taken Neil. I it, it just makes a ton of sense to me that they would invest, continue to invest in Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I know that Hutchinson's a relatively clean prospect, but a lot of people in the mocks have moved away from Neil because of the uh, they they resigned or they tagged uh, Cam Robinson there at their current left tackle. Not you know, a fan. Yeah, Neil Neil uh, or or Icky, the the tackle from NC State. Both of them can play guard uh, right away, and and so I, I just think it makes a lot of sense to invest in uh, tackle up front, uh, which. Uh, which would protect Lawrence uh, and then go get an edge at the top of the second round, which there should be ones available. Number two, the Detroit lions select in what could be the greatest head coach second overall pick pairing of all time. Dan Campbell runs to the podium to select Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Yep. Lions fans would, would be awful happy with this uh, local Michigan kid. Uh, his, his father still uh, practices medicine at the University of Michigan. Um, and uh, and so it's kind of a no brainer pick uh, for that that team. Uh, and number three, the Houston Texans select safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, who I think I have seen a little bit this week where some slippage and even. I think even one of the Patriots writers, I'm not sure who, uh, it might have been, I don't even know who it was, uh, predicted that he slips down in the draft and the Patriots trade up to get Kyle Hamilton. Uh, is that because of his running time? Is that sort of like the knock on Hamilton, even though I hear his film is just sensational? Yeah, he ran a, like a 4.59 uh, combine, and then his, his pro day, I think he was actually may have been in the 4.6s. He plays faster than that. This is a pick I, I don't have quite as much conviction on, but he's he's the cleanest guy in the draft, right, uh, as far as from a prospect perspective. He's going to be a good player at the next level, no question about it. Interesting pick for Nick Casario. Now that this is his first uh, full draft, how's he going to look to build uh, his team? Safeties don't traditionally go this early. Uh, cornerbacks don't even usually go this early, uh, which I think is ironic given that it's a, it's a passing league. But it is super early for a safe to be going. He's a defensive chess piece. That's the value of him. He's 6'4", 220. Uh, he's going to be playing for Lovey Smith, which coming forward, given it's his own defense, I think it's a good fit there. It is a little early, though, for a safety. It hasn't been a safety pick in uh, the top five since Eric Berry in, in, in about 10 years. And the last safety to go in the top 30, uh, excuse me, in the in the top three was 30 years ago when Belichick picked Eric Turner. Uh, so it's early for, for Kyle to be taken. It'll be an interesting swing in the draft if he doesn't get picked there where he goes next. Number four, the Jets select one of the most polarizing players in this draft, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Yeah, and Thib- Thibodeau is... Uh, you know, the knock, knock on him is, does he love football? You're starting to see a lot of smoke ar- ar- around the internet around that. Um, uh, there's some plays he has on film where he's not necessarily given uh, full, uh, full max effort. He was dinged up coming into the year with an ankle injury. The kid could have sat out the season and still would have been a top five pick. His mm-hmm. pressure rate was the second best pressure rate in the country. I think it was like 16 and a half percent or almost 18% pressure rate. Um, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's not a perfect prospect because of some of the stuff, but I think that's a lot of the smoke that you just hear around draft time when it comes Those down sound to like the, your comp clowny, who was a guy who I was, he was a no doubt first overall pick, but I even went, I went and saw him live in South Carolina when I was at sports illustrated, I wrote him up for sports illustrated I didn't love him. I didn't love him at number first overall. I didn't think that he loved the game enough. Yep. 
Yep. And that's the knock. That's the knock on, on Thibodeau. I just think his athleticism is going to allow him to drop too far. The Giants at number five select offensive tackle. Ikim Ekawanu, NC State. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Rashawn Slater is the right, the right, uh, right comp for him. Uh, he loves Slater. Even if you think this kid, you know, he's six, four, he probably has the length to play tackle. Even if you think he's a guard, you know, he's like the Quentin Nelson type type prospect from a guard perspective. So he's a, he's a top six or seven kid. He might even go higher than that. Uh, really kind of clean prospect. Uh, and, and giants fans, uh, know that their offensive line's a, a dumpster fire. So uh, at, this fit for them. At number six, the Panthers get their, we think, quarterback of the future, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, Mr. Two Gloves himself. Yeah, Ken, I've, I've had Kenny consistently going to the, uh, since the start of this process, going to Carolina. I just think it, it makes a lot of sense on, 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 in two ways. One is, um, you know, they're getting pressure, uh, that franchise, to get their next quarterback. Uh, Matt Rule actually recruited Kenny Pickett when he was at Temple, uh, and, and Rule moved down to Baylor, ended up going to Baylor, and, and Kenny went to Pitt, but there's the relationship there. He's the most pro-ready of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Carolina needs it, and I'm not worried about the, the, the hand size playing down in Carolina, uh, given their little bit warmer weather, and they play in domes, you know, in that division. Let's- Let's um, I'll name off some picks if there's um, something certainly pressing that you want to add on, uh, you know, explanation front um, interject. But I think we'll skip into the teens. The Giants take Trevon Walker from Georgia. You talked about earlier. The Falcons get their quarterback of the future. Malik Willis from Liberty. The Seahawks take a sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. The Jets get Drake London from USC. Um, that would be be interesting and put him with Elijah Molden on the inside. Um, plus what the other stuff that they've done, I think they've had a good off season. That would be interesting. Commanders take Devin Lloyd. We talked about Vikings at 12, take Jermaine Johnson, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, interesting here. The Texans take Trevor Penning, the tackle from Iowa, Northern Iowa, who we talked about. Um, interesting Taylor Lewan comp, uh, that you had. This is where I think, you know, if the Patriots have a B, if they want to tackle and, uh, and they have a inkling that Casario might take one, like, you know, do they jump up and take Penning here? Yep. Yeah. There's definitely a chance that that could, that could happen. I think, I think uh, Houston's going to look tackle at whether it's with three uh, or, or, or here where they could get cross or, or penning. It's getting risky for them, even if they're waiting for tackle here at this point. And I think, uh, Houston's needs in my mind is, you know, they got to go best player available. I think it's the, the, the easiest way to, to kind of frame it, but they weren't a very good run blocking team last year and they gave up the most yards per pass in the league. Right. From, and, mm-hmm. and, and Justin, uh, uh, Reed just, uh, uh, just left or signed with Kansas city. So, uh, those, those kind of two places I was thinking with that either they go tackle early, uh, or they go defensive backfield late if they don't trade the Ravens. And we're getting into, um, you know, the trade up territory and players that we've mentioned that the Patriots could be interested in the Ravens take Derek Stanley jr. The cornerback from LSU that would sting. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens might just stick. I mean, they just signed Calais Campbell, so I don't think they'll be involved in Jordan Davis now. I think they're good 
you know, two two year deal for uh, Davis. The Eagles take Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. If Garrett Wilson is available at fifteen, and the Patriots don't trade up with Howie Roseman, Patriots fans are going to lose their freaking mind. Yeah, um, I, I I I hear you. And listen, I I I wouldn't be upset if they picked a wide receiver, right? Because that means that they're going to have a ton of conviction uh, on the guy, and I could see the value of you know stacking a weapon with 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 Mac, but. Um, you know, Philly fans are going to want a wide receiver themselves and Philly fans are going to walk out of this draft with a want to walk out of this draft with a wide receiver, a defensive back, uh, or a linebacker, right? That that's what they're chanting for, uh, down there. The saints take, uh, Charles cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi state, who we mentioned at 16 at 17, the chargers. And I love this pick because it totally fits what they need because they suck up front. Jordan Davis from Georgia. If, you know, if he's there and the Patriots don't jump up to 16 to get him, I'm going to be mighty ticked off. At 18, the Eagles take Trent McDuffie from Washington. Tell me about McDuffie because that's – I don't know a lot about him. And if they're looking for a cornerback, like how would you compare him to Stingley in terms of, you know, should they they want to trade up for him? Yeah, if they trade up for him, I think that's a good sign that they like him. I, I think the breakdown on on Trent is that he's a really good player. He's a three-year starter, uh, first-team Pac-12. He's not the biggest guy, but he's a, he, he's a competitor. He tackles really, really, really well. Uh, he's a clean prospect, kind of a, a good kind of floor evaluation. Um, you know, they, they, there's some questions just like, you know, not, not quite as much the issue that you got with Roger McCreary, but there's some questions about his size, his arm length, which is a concern for corners. That's one of the, mm-hmm. the positions that NFL evaluators really look at their, their arm length. Uh, he's got good instincts. The, my, my knock on McDuffie is that he doesn't turn the ball over, right? So he's only got two, you know, three-year starter I referenced, but he's only got two interceptions in like 28 games. He's you only can't replace Mr. INT with that stuff. Get out of here. And so unless, unless they dump the, the trash truck right up to it, you know, where he's at, uh, you know, he's not, it hasn't proven to be uh, a guy that turns the ball over and, and the Washington Huskies run uh, a zone defense. So if you're betting on McDuffie, it's that you bet that he can transfer those skills over to man, which, you, you know, you should at that level, but it's, it gets a little bit harder from an evaluation perspective. And that's why I say if, if they pick him, that's because they got some conviction, but he's going to be really good in the interview room. They're going to like him. Uh, and he's definitely a guy that they're considering. Would they trade up to get him? Uh, that's a different question. The Saints get their quarterback, Matt Coral, from Ole Miss at 19. The Steelers take Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, which I could see. Seems like their type of guy. I, I, I have, I've avoided Wyatt and other guys similar to him because I just think, you know, the Patriots have Barmore already, and they already have Dietrich Wise, and he ain't going anywhere. He'll probably be extended until he's 50. Um, he's the new Patrick Chung in terms of that. Uh, we just saw his him get his uh, signing bonus up for, signing bonus up front uh, at 21 on the clock facing Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Johan Dotson. The Patriots, the Patriots have traded their pick to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, oh man, I could just I could just hear it now. Like, you got to be effing kidding me. Uh, Bill, Bill doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He's totally washed up. The game's passed him by. Like, I could totally hear it now. Um, this is a gift for Felger and Maz right there. I mean, that is. Oh, my that is, God. The talk radio will be uh, burning up if, uh, uh, if it plays out like that. But, but I think there's a decent chance it could. And the Patriots end up taking 
Uh, at 30, they take Dax Hill from Michigan, who I think – where did they take McCourty? Like 31, 32 I out think of he was, Rutgers? He was right at that back end. I think he was 32 right out I of think Rutgers. I think he was 32. This would be 30 after passing on a bunch of guys that they could use. I Kevin, I am rooting for things to work out this way because it would be mass chaos – and it would be a lot of fun watching. And I'm not into, uh, you know, the rookie year. Hey, how are they doing? Look what this guy's doing. I'm not interested in that. You know, maybe second year we could talk about it a little bit, but really the third year, and you got to see how things play out. I'm, I'm very much in the boat. Yes, I'm critical of Belichick. I'm not a moron. I have eyes. I see what's going on. I see what the record is of the last 40 games. Uh, you know, Robert Kraft, or, you know, I – backed a lot of us up who are who have been critical about where this team is and where it might be going with his comments about the drafts about no playoff victories but still I give Belichick a wide berth Belichick has earned the opportunity to do whatever he wants in terms of how he did this offseason with free agency and the trades and the draft I do not hate Bill Belichick he can do whatever he wants we will sit back and judge. The scoreboard will be plain to everybody. We all saw it uh, some of those years. Uh, you can read the rest of the the draft, including, and this is the most uh, interesting part,